so I had this totally awesome idea recently. Yeah. And by recently, I mean this afternoon. Um, okay. Remember a couple weeks ago, I asked you how your burrito game was? Yeah. Because I've been like practicing rolling burritos. Not practicing. Okay. I don't like stand in my kitchen with tortillas and like just roll up burritos. Right. Day, but like any chance I get to make a burrito, I'm, I'm trying to uh, get my roll on, you know? Um, and right now I have some leftover pizza in the fridge. You're going to roll that into a burrito? I was thinking about it. <laughs> I was thinking about just like chunking it up, you know? Yeah. And then like the crust would make like a nice center to a burrito. It's probably been done before. I mean, I, I'm I sure it see, has. Yeah, kind of see. Yeah. Because what I've been doing is like rolling it up and then just like, depending on what I put in it, I'll, like if I put chicken in it, because sometimes chicken doesn't like warm up the way I want it to. I yeah. like microwave, microwave the chicken first and then I put everything in it and then let the cheese melt in like on the pan and then I like yeah. grill both sides. But if I do beef, I don't even do that. I just let the whole thing heat up in the pan and just do it super slow for like a really long time. Uh, I think I would do the pizza that way. Okay. So just like low and slow for like 15 do think, minutes. Do you think like the exterior would get too greasy though? It might, but I don't know. Experiments, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty big tortilla shell that I have. It's like a 12 inch. So I Shane think. Tell's coming to chat saying some crazy <laughs> shit. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I was just thinking about this during the day. <laughs> I mean, no, I get it. I uh, had Taco Bell for dinner, so I guess that's boom. Taco Bell, like so that that was another thing that I had done in the past. Not not with Taco Bell specifically, but more right. with McDonald's. Like I found that a George Foreman grill is like the ideal way to reheat like a McDouble. <laughs> you yeah. just like mash it like a panini in a George Foreman that's, grill. That's fair. Usually, if I have like I have a burrito from Taco Bell that I've been burrito and with my yeah. fridge from Taco Bell at it, like. I, I, I just like, dude, burrito. I like kind of just give up on reheating fast food. I'll just like, eat that cold. I've been there. I do that. I just, I I just like, cold. Because at a certain point, like, you just kind of wreck it if you microwave it. That's why I like, right. experimented with this George Foreman grill. I think Taco Bell would be, like, the perfect leftovers for a George Foreman grill. Yeah, I feel like a quesadilla or something. I, I don't disagree. I, I think that's yeah, yeah. You're, you're coming in here spitting facts. I have nothing to dispute you. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's just like, I've never done it with Taco Bell. I have done it with a McDouble, though, and it was pretty great. But, yeah. like, Taco Bell seems like like a perfect fit for a George Foreman grill. Anyway, I think I totally might try to roll up a piece of pizza in a burrito. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Sounds not like right now we have a podcast record but do no, it no <laughs> no i think maybe after maybe tomorrow who knows, I, yeah, who I think knows? You, have, you have time you have time to experiment with it you have, you you don't have to do it right now yeah. you know put it on my instagram yeah tag our uh, tag ruining movies on all our social media <laughs> in it. this you know, is what we do oh god i want to just pull my headphones up yeah yeah um all right I don't know why I said all right like that was a segue or anything. All right. All right. Speaking of pizza, let's talk about movies. Let's talk about cheesy stuff that's coming out. Um, all right, that's a segue. We're taking it. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Ruining Movies, a podcast about ruining movies. Um, this week, we are talking about the Jake Gyllenhaal-led film Nightcrawler that I think came out in 2016, 2017. Um... 
Actually, I probably should get that right when it came out. Let me yeah, see. I, no <laughs> I did not. 2014, that. not close at all. To the 2014, um, Dan Gilroy directed, Jake Gyllenhaal led film Nightcrawler. But before we get into discussing that movie and ruining it with the help of you, wonderful live studio audience, um, as we remake that film in a new genre, uh, let's talk about the news. Uh, it, we're kind of have a, a light news week this week, at least on the movie front. We have a decent amount of TV, TV stuff going on, but like movies, like usually I like sarcastically say there's not much going on in movies, mm -hmm. but like really there's not that much going on in movies right now. Yeah, I saw a couple things that seem kind of cool. Um, yeah. but nothing like really like popped out at me other than like. I mean, like, the Marvel thing was kind of big, but that was stuff that we've been seeing mostly. Yeah, and I think I that's think where... Go oh, go ahead. Oh, God. Hello? Jinx Hello? up. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll start with the MCU. Uh, well, I think we should definitely start with the MCU thing. I have, I, I'm, like, ang strangely angry at it, so we'll talk about it. Strangely angry? Okay. Yeah, um, but first, I want to read out Ghost Hand's comment talking about uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, he's, they say uh, that movie is excellent. I think it's a generation America, generation's American Psycho. I agree. We will definitely talk about that um, in the discussion. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think it's a good take. Um and I think we're definitely going to talk about it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about some other psychopaths. And let's talk about the MCU. <laughs> let's talk about Disney. So, okay. Yeah. I don't know if I'm just being petty or pedantic or I was just in a bad mood <laughs> when I watched this. Like, okay, the trailer itself is fine. I, I, okay. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at what came <laughs> after. I am mad that Marvel is... And Disney is broadcasting this as Marvel Studios celebrates the movies. If uh, me and you made a <laughs> ruining movies celebrates the podcast and only put our podcasts in it, I would be like, wow. <laughs> also, that on that note, Marvel Studios and Disney is notoriously known for not working nice with other movie studios and other movie productions. True. Specifically, Tarantino not being able to film, not being able to show the Hateful Eight in one of the most important theaters in all of L.A. because Star Wars was running for its like eighth week. Also, I guess Happy <laughs> May the Fourth be with you. I also have something <laughs> to talk about that. I guess. I, I guess. I just. It just. Uh, I don't know. I read that. I was like. Okay, if you're gonna celebrate the movies, celebrate all the movies. Like, I get you're celebrating your stuff. You could be like, it could be worded. I don't know. It just pissed me off for some reason. Like, <laughs> I was like, you're not celebrating the movies. You're celebrating yourself, which is yeah. fine. And the MCU is something that is unlike anything else. But don't say you're celebrating the movies. Come on, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, this took a way different direction than I expected. I don't know. It just it got it started <laughs> off, and I just was like, no, you don't, Disney. Don't oh, you no, dare. You don't. <laughs> Uh, That's but... really funny. So what actually upset me about it, yeah. <laughs> like, let me start off with, like, I'm excited about these movies. It's going to be rad or whatever. Yeah. Um, what was exciting about the original, like, set of things, because this is, like, basically what this is, right? Like, it's like a hard reset. Right. Of, of our MCU as we know it. So in the beginning, like, when things were starting to build, the excitement of it was kind of like the unknown, 
Yeah. Right. Like things are kind of happening and building and like you could pick things out of the background and it'd be like, holy shit, that's cool. And it was like always this like building anticipation over the course of all these years. And now it kind of feels like they're uh uh playing on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. No, I because they were just like, here's this stuff and this timeline, like get excited. You know, I would have almost rather they had just like uh dropped a trailer for one of those things. Yeah. Instead of like this big trailer of their like timeline, because now it's like get ready to get invested in the next series of events. Like I'd I'd get invested in that movie think the mcu is in a very strange place right now um they just had endgame which was the event of could be you could consider being like the event the film event of the decade mm-hmm. um it, i'm gonna call it an event it is a film but it is an event that is how i i put like endgame like on par with being event like rocky horror picture show like that's why they, when they showed the like the Endgame part in the movies, Marvel Studios celebrate the movies. They showed a live audience reaction mm-hmm. because it was an event. It was yeah. ten years, fifty. I don't know how long it was ever since I'm into Endgame. Long time, long time. But it was like an up uphill, like roller coaster. You're like you're getting to the peak, Endgame, you peak, and now you don't keep going up. Like, that's not how roller coasters work. I don't know why I'm describing how roller coasters work right now. <laughs> I get like, the analogy, though. You hit Endgame, and then we already kind of saw with um, No Way Home, like, that movie just kind of fell out of, like, fell off the radar because you're following up Endgame. Um, mm-hmm. And now you have Black Widow, which I also think isn't a strong, strong, like, contender coming in. No Way Home, did you mean the other Spider-Man movie? What is oh No Way Home's a new one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is it? Far, like Far From Home? Yeah. They all have the same naming conventions. Far From yeah, Home, yeah. like they it fell under the radar. I think I I agree with you here. They like show they're like, ooh, look at all this stuff. And it's like, I don't really care. Yeah, like, I mean we've talked about like these building universes before and stuff, and it's like I I really liked the way that it felt like things were just falling into place. Yeah. Now it feels like you're showing me, like, an already half-done puzzle. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Um, we ha- it's, I don't have anything to be excited about. Like, I, I f- like, okay. So, if the MCU ended with Endgame, I feel like I would have been fine with that. Obviously, they were never going to do that, but, like, if right. we never got any more films after Endgame, I don't know if, I, like... It's a worthy I, conclusion. Exactly. It, it's kind of like uh, we're going to talk about Dexter when we talk about uh, television and stuff because I want to talk about the new season coming out. But it's okay. kind of like the I, the main problem people have with Dexter is like the first three or four seasons were like some of the best TV, and then like the other other seasons after that were like okay. But because they c- were following up something fantastic. Because they were okay, people are going to dislike it. That's just how things work. If you same with Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. You have, like, this fantastic crescendo crescendo of, like, excitement and, well, like, worthy television and stuff. And then, like, the end doesn't hit it. So, like, is that going to happen to the MCU? Is Endgame going to be the top? 
Right. And then if things aren't going to meet up to the excitement and the nostalgia, because now Disney is fighting against the nostalgia of, like, Iron Man and uh, yeah. Captain America, like, how is it going to go? And, I mean, Disney's not going to stop pushing the MCU. So it's it's. Yeah, I think no, we're going to be in a weird... Yeah, we're going to be in a weird... Weird... It's a weird time for the MCU. Um, yeah. Also, I would like to say I called it now that uh, we finally got Eternals uh, footage... After, God, I can never remember. I feel bad. I can't remember her name. Uh, the director for No Man oh, Land. Yeah, after the Oscars. Announced. Yeah, uh, Chloe Zhao. Um, she yeah. won her Oscars. Guess her, she won the Oscar for uh, I think best director. Um, <laughs> within a week, we got a turtles footage. I called it. Disney was waiting to wave that over it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, Ghost Hand said excited to see how they're gonna ruin Fantastic Four this time. Fantastic Four is just such an unfortunate or unfortunate film franchise that never, never gets it's yeah. like gets what it deserves. Like um, Fantastic Four is like pinnacle, like Marvel. It's like what might made Marvel Marvel, and they just mm-hmm. never have had a film that's done them justice. I'm admittedly a little concerned, you know. Like I don't, like I, I don't know whether to be excited or concerned for the things to come. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean, it's clear that they've got a lot of things down the pipeline. So, which is like part of why I'm not excited because I know what's down the pipeline. I know what's coming and that takes away a little bit of the excitement. Like the Marvels or is, was that what it was called? The Marvels? It's going to be Miss Marvel and, uh, Miss Marvel, Marvel. uh, Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. Probably, oh uh, God, what's her name? She was just in WandaVision. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Monica. Monica. I can't remember Rambo. what. Yeah. Like, because that's what that comic is based off of, is like those three. Yeah, so it's like, that's cool, but now I know that that's coming, so. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't know. It's clear they're setting up for something, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah. The main thing I'm excited to see is. My favorite heroes, some of my favorite heroes, like put onto the screen again, yeah, or onto a screen because, like, regardless of how shitty any plot may be, like, seeing like an updated on screen version of Doctor Doom sounds pretty rad, right? That is true, like, like yeah, CGI and stuff. Like, I, I don't know, I, I hope that he gets pushed into an amazing story with really cool stuff going on. But, like, I- I'm pretty confident that he's going to just look really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair take. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this list right now. We're getting Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and the Legend of the Ten Rings, The Eternals, Spider-Man, No Way uh, Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda, Forever, uh, The Marvels, uh, Antum- Ant-Man and the Wasp by uh, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and then the Fantastic Four logo. Um, these are all coming out between July 9th, 2021, and May 5th, 2023. That's a lot of movies in yeah. two years. Like, there is so many coming out like on an annual basis. It's going to be kind of overwhelming. It really Although is. I do think it will make, depending on how they do it with like Disney Plus and stuff, yeah. it'll make that shit pay for itself. Yeah, but, I like, mean, if they yeah. do it the way they did Mulan, where it's, like, you gotta have an exclusive pass or whatever, like, that's gonna be kind of dumb. 
Yeah. Um. I yeah. I agree. I don't know how it's like we talked about last um episode last week's episode. Hollywood's gonna be weird nowadays. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. I looking at this list, the only really movie that I think I'm like excited for will probably see in theaters. Um. Is Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah. That's Just because be I love Taika Waititi, like. Yeah, and I Lady was a, Thor, I think. Yeah, Lady Thor is gonna be sweet. Um. Uh, Russell Crowe is, is now confirmed to be Zeus in that. Cool, like, it just cool. seems cool. We're having um, Christopher Bale? No, yeah? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. I don't know why I call him Christopher. Christian Bale is playing um, the God Killer, which is also cool. Gore the God Butcher. Um, so I'm excited for that. I was excited for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But because of, like, the end of WandaVision, I, I don't know. And then, I like, I've always... Like, the director, I think his name is Scott Dickerson, who was originally supposed to direct Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness, who does have a horror background, and they kind of were talking about how that is going to be uh, the first, uh, his name is Scott, I can't remember what his name is, I'll have to figure that out, Um, but they were, like, broadcasting as, like, the first horror movie in the MCU, and, like, they got rid of their horror director. (laughs) Yeah, from yeah. like for differences. So I I don't know, um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I let's got a lot of stuff down the pipe. So yeah, let's like uh run out of Marvel content anytime soon. Right, uh, it's, it's just gonna become though. more exhausting. It's just gonna become more exhausting. Yeah, you're not kidding. Like eventually, I might just get burned out, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm I think I'm already starting to feel. They'll burn out. Like, I, out of everything, I'll watch Loki, but, like, I don't care to see anything else in the relative future. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I am still excited for Loki, but I think you kind of nailed it. The rest of the things out there, are like, kind of fall into the wayside. There's some yeah. other cool stuff that I think will be interesting. But, I mean, like I said, it's something I'll be keeping up with. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible not to keep up with it. It's right. literally impossible. It's going to be shoved into our faces. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whether you like it or not. I like, oh, for so, like, you know, if anyone who's not new to this podcast, I yell at Disney all the time. But, but yeah. I still watch their movies. For anyone who actually doesn't like the MCU or Disney products, like, actually doesn't watch their films and stuff, God, that must be so even more infuriating. Just having yeah, this, like. That's so toxic. It's everywhere. It really is. Like, if you are not an MC, like, a fan of the MCU or a fan of superhero movies or a fan of Star Wars or anything Disney, like, it's hard to have a conversation about movies or television without talking about Disney, which true. sucks. Like, Very so, true. yeah. Um, so let's, let's get all the uh, Disney news out of the way. Um, oh, it is. That means I have a great segue. Yeah, I was gonna talk well, about what were you gonna say? May uh May the fourth be with you. May the, oh, that's a better segue probably. <laughs> yeah, today's May fourth, everyone. So Disney has even taken over a day on the calendar. A whole day. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they kind of like got grandfathered into it. Right. No, I don't think it was their actual. Day. They basically <laughs> bought this day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um. Anyway, I don't really have any. I don't think anything new came out from about Star Wars. Star Wars today? No. Um, except that now Disney is working on a working lightsaber. Do not weaponize Disney. 
do not weaponize Disney. I talk a lot of smack about Disney. I don't want to have to worry about getting chopped in half by a lightsaber. You don't see fucking T-1000s running around. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know it's supposed to be fake and stuff, and they got it. I did watch a trailer. They could press a button, like, it looks like it's real and stuff. Disney should not be working on real lightsabers. Don't. Please do not weaponize Disney more than it is. On the note of Star Wars, the new yeah. Star Wars animated show, uh, The Bad Batch, looks kind of sweet. We talked about that last yeah. week. Just a Star Wars Stormtrooper show. Looks pretty cool. Um, yeah. But to keep it on the Disney track, I did see the trailer for Cruella. Did you finally watch it? I still have it. I don't want to. Finally? I didn't even know. How long has it been out? I think like two months now. I think we talked about it like two months ago, and I just really? we both were like, I'm not wow. watching this. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it came up on my TV, so yeah. it looks okay. I don't know. Just having an it, anti-hero who eventually skins dogs is just weird. That's true. <laughs> and on that note, I also never watched, um, you know, like Maleficent or yeah. any of that stuff. Like, I'm not, I don't really, like, get down with these live-action no, I don't care for Disney them. things. There was a couple that I liked. I, I really liked uh, The Lion King. I thought that was cool, but it was basically a frame for frame recreation. Right. That's what I've heard yeah. most of the live action stuff is. It's just a. Um, yeah. Jungle Book was all right. It was not a frame for frame recreation. I oh, have really? not seen Aladdin because for no specific reason. Just I just haven't. I, haven't seen, I can probably say I've not seen any of their live action stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I haven't really seen too many. I, those are the only ones that come to mind, though. Didn't you watch Mulan? Oh, yeah, Mulan sucked. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Mulan was <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah, don't watch that shit. Um, if you want to watch anything related to Mulan, watch the cartoon. Or, you know, open a book about the story that it's based on from, like, ancient Chinese culture. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's probably way more badass. Then def- definitely, I'm sure the source material is more badass than the new movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So anyway. Yeah. That's all I got for Disney. I think. Um. Yeah. Let me see. I think there was some other stuff I wanted to talk about Disney. Um. We got a new trailer for Luca. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard. Looks about good. That. The poster looks really nice. Um, yeah. Again, Pixar. It's gonna do the thing. They're gonna be. It's gonna be fine. Nothing really to say about that. Yeah, they're um, killing it though. Yeah, they are. They they are, and they always have. So, mm-hmm. um, that's something that like, regardless of what anybody ever says about Disney, you know, I give it to the to the animating teams. Right, like because they're out there killing it. I've said before, I have a problem with Disney, the corporation. I do yes. not have a problem with the artists who work at Disney because, Correct. first of all, where else are you going to work? <laughs> like, you were yeah. kind of are forced. I, I just, uh, someone who yeah. went to film school, I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many times I've seen, go to the Disney um, intern program. Oh, go intern at Disney. Go intern for one of their five, 50 studios. It's like... It's a pipeline. Like you, yeah. it's hard to not work for Disney if you're, especially if you're like a CG animator or just a regular animator. Like, and also it still is a lot of animators. I have friends who are animators. It is still like their dream job to work at Disney because I mean, of things like Pixar and of like the early Disney animated films. Sure, definitely. I should have uh, an appropriate preface would have been we've talked about this before. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is something that comes up frequently. Uh, 
you know, we respect hard work. Yeah. Um, thank you for that raid, Chris Rubio artist. Hopefully I said your name right. Um, welcome in. We are talking about Disney. Well, we're not talking about Disney anymore. I was looking through all my notes to see if there's anything else to talk about Disney. I don't think there is. Um, there is no Shane Sports Corner this week. There is not. So, uh, let's stay with movies. Like I said, there is a decent amount of television stuff we have to talk about, but let's stay with, uh, movies. Um, a movie that I'm actually very excited for. For and a studio that I'm usually excited for their stuff, um, A24 and David Lowry's The Green Knight. We got new still images from that film, and oh my god, does it look good! The Green Knight, you say? Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. So the Green Knight for is for those who are unfamiliar, it is a, a old English tale oh. um, based off King Arthur, the Green Knight. Um, pretty much, if I'm remembering correctly, if I'm not, if anyone is knows the story better than me, let me know if I'm telling it wrong. But um, it's one of the knights of the round table um, makes a deal with the green knight that they have to do something or come back a year later and get their head chopped off by the green knight. Um, and this looks terrifying. Like like the green knight, it's like a horror, like they're making this a horror film about the green knight. It's not just like a knight, it's like this large eldritch tree night and um it's cool i like the idea of like an old english horror film which yeah it's it looks cool i mean a24 is a studio that i think makes some pretty interesting things because they go with these more unique indie ideas and indie Mm -hmm. directors Mm -hmm. um i've liked a lot of what's come out of a24 in the last few years Uncut Gems was one of my, like, it it moved up a lot really fast in, like, you know, the mental ranking, ranking system that is my, like, movie list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, yeah. They're, they're probably, I'm just trying to, like, think. I'm, like, like what to say. Like, it's weird to say, like, A24 is, like, it's weird to have, like, a favorite studio, but I know if something has a24 attached to it or a24 has deemed a movie worthy to be attached to its Mm -hmm. brand that it's going to be good like let's i'm just going to type in a24 movies and i'll oh i just did too midsummer that fantastic um hereditary Hereditary. but i've heard nothing but good things the lighthouse uncut gems moonlight mid 90s waves a ghost story ghost story is really good the killing of sacred deer yeah, the the bitch, the bitch. Uh, eighth grade, it comes at night. Dude, there's um, a lot of good. The lobster, like. The lobster. I think that's a twenty four. It's that film is. I saw well, Tusk is on here. That's a pretty rad movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. So a twenty four. They 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 attach themselves to cool, unique movies. Mm-hmm. Um. Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army, yeah, exactly. Like every movie we just listed is fantastic, like absolutely mm-hmm. so good. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. I recommend anyone here who s- likes the idea of like a King Arthur set horror piece, um, filmed from the like the looking at this, looking at these screens. It looks like it's con- these screenshots. I should say it looks like it was filmed. Like, I'd probably put it in the same vein of, like, the cinematography as uh, The Lighthouse or The Witch, 
So if you liked that type of cinematography, kind of the long shots, the isolation, mm-hmm. um, kind of, I don't want to say desaturated, but it feels very earthly. Like, that is what these screenshots are telling me. This is what these frames are showing me, and it looks great. Yeah, this looks uh, looks very good. Yeah. So, The Green Knight, it was supposed to come out last year, but obviously because of the pandemic, it didn't come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that is like a film that I will absolutely go see in theaters. Yeah, that sounds um, like a banger. Yeah. Um, uh, we also had in the last week uh, talking about <laughs> kind of like really great films. Um, something we're okay. So let me preface this is we're about to talk about movie posters for probably a couple minutes because there's two really big movie poster things that came out. Okay. Um, and I think movie posters are very important to films. It It's the branding. You have to trailers and posters are very important to films. We've seen in the past, if you show a trailer or cut a trailer poorly or misinform the audience and people go watch the film, they are going to be disappointed. It is a important thing. Same with posters. If you have a unique poster, it is going to make me more willing to watch your film than if it is just a tradition, like a, your normal like hero standing in the middle of the poster, their entourage behind them, like... Th- that is not going to be appealing. It's there's a lot of parts to making a film, and the um the promotion material is really important. And um True. this last week, uh, Enzio Sciotti, who was who has probably made most most like memorable movie posters that you've seen, um he passed away. Um, so he I think his work is important to talk about. Um, the most, my favorite movie poster, and the one that you probably could see if you go to any college campus, is the Evil Dead 2 poster. The skull looking to its left with just the letters Evil Dead 2. It's, it's such a simple poster, but it is so iconic. Um, let me, let's all, let's look at all his posters. Yeah, yeah. If you just type in his name, you have... He did the Beetlejuice poster. Fantastic. What was his name? I'm sorry. Uh, it is Enzio Schiotti. Um, The Burbs. He just... Like, his, you, you'll see his posters, and you'll know it's him. Uh, Army of Darkness, which is also oh. an absolutely fantastic... One of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like, the posters for these movies make them great. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they don't make the movie great, but they're able to represent how good the movie is. They make, like, these are art in themselves. Like, the right. Evil Dead poster, or, I mean, the Army of Darkness, well, that is Evil Dead, so I don't know why I corrected myself there. <laughs> the Army of Darkness uh-huh. poster, like, by itself, is, like, a beautiful piece of art. Like, yeah, for sure. It's hand-painted. It's amazing. Um, so I just wanted to start with that, talking about um, he passed away. Um absolutely fantastic poster maker um and i kind of want to segue that into um this weekly's me yelling at Zack snyder portion of the podcast because we got the official character posters for army of the dead oh no (laughs) and first of all i've someone else made the joke on twitter but i'm gonna make it too um it looks like we found where all the color from Zack snyder's films have been (laughs) <laughs> oh my god these are insane yeah i don't think insane in a good way though like 
Yeah, they're very bright. They're very bright, and it's almost like too bright, too too vibrant. Um, I don't and... think the movie's gonna be this bright. No, that's the thing too. It's confusing because we've seen the trailers. It is not saturated like this. No. It also seems more serious than this. That's why that's we've talked about this before. So it's not we don't have to talk about it too long. We've talked about the trailers before. Like, yeah. I don't. I still don't know what like the feel of this movie is going to be. It's funny how we went from like good promotion to bad promotion. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, just, I feel like this is a, a misrepresentation of what you're really getting yourself into when you go right. I haven't and, even seen it, though, so I guess that's... But, like, compared to the trailer, this seems like a misrepresentation. Right. <laughs> and I... Listen, I'm all for vibrant colors, bright colors, sure. making things pop and stuff. But this just seems, like... I don't want to... Like, hard to look at. Like, I'm looking to my right in real life right now, the Color Out of Space poster... Which is a bi- brilliant poster. It is amazing. It is probably as vibrant. Well, no, this looks like they went into Photoshop and turned up their vibrancy <laughs> like 150%. But like the color of space is a good way of like using psychedelic colors in a good way. And I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. the Army of the Dead posters, it's just, it's exactly what I was talking about about like your generic poster, except they made it very bright. It's your main, I mean, these are character posters, but it's your yeah. very serious looking character staring off forward it looks like impact font above it maybe helvetica all bets are off some really dumb tagline survivors take them all knock them dead win lose or die luck be a zombie tonight gamble yeah come on all right yeah, so that's gonna excellent. be interesting. I'm glad it's just like on Netflix. I don't have to like yeah. <laughs> go out of my way to watch it. It'll just be here. Yeah, I mean, and then the poster, it's like the poster itself is still exactly what I said. Like, it's just um, the main character standing in the center, all looking cool and tough. And then it's neon. I, I will say, like, the character posters. Not, like, are worse than the actual Army of the Dead poster. And then there was that one poster that's, like, Army of the Dead where it's, like, a bank vault and, like, a bunch of zombies crawling up behind yeah, it. Like, that yeah. one was actually a pretty decent poster. Um, yeah, could have just, just done that one. The log line is always bet on dead. I don't know what this movie's gonna be, man. I don't know what it's gonna be. It's, like, the trailer made it seem super serious. But, like, or not, like, super serious, but serious. But now, like, all their promotional like artwork and stuff for it is making it seem like it's going to be like I don't want to say like Shaun of the Dead level like nonsense but like I don't know we're going to watch it May 21st like tune in whatever Tuesday is after May 21st man you know what I'm more excited for we're going to talk about it what you know what I'm more excited for that same week one week prior to that Love Death Robots will be out yeah, hell yeah! What I'm actually, which is another for. Netflix thing that is going to be is going to rule. I'm excited oh, yeah. for Love Death Robots. I'm Robust. so very excited for that. It's I'm going gonna to, be yeah, brilliant. I'm going to probably just watch it all like in one day. Um, yeah, okay. I, I think I threw out the first series in like a day or two. Yeah, I knocked them out. Also, they're great. Yeah. Um, Let's see, RoboCop documentary, RoboDoc Raps. I mean, that's just a great name for a RoboCop documentary. That's all yeah, I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, what other quick movie news do we got? Uh, Jason Statham says The Meg 2 starts filming next year. Do you ever see The Meg? 
No. I haven't either, but I've heard it's actually like pretty decent. No, yeah, my dad watched it though. I saw so I saw like some bits of it. Um yeah, man. Yeah. It's Jason Statham fighting a shark. So Yeah, so that just sounds fine. That's <laughs> sounds cool. good to me, actually. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Deep Blue Sea is like so good. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It I don't think I have, so no. Good. Oh man. It has Samuel L. Jackson. It has Okay. Um uh 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 oh my gosh why can i guess his name right now hold on let me just look it up because yeah. they're great such a classic from 1999 deep blue sea starring thomas jane saffron burroughs samuel l jackson michael rapaport stellan skarsgård ll cool j <laughs> hell yeah dude it is so good that actually, uh, no, I've not seen it, but I, I mean, that cast is stellar. If Tevisar's out there in the wind, I know he's seen it. <laughs> He'll vouch for me. The Crumble now says it's amazing. He hand to hands the Meg. My God, I do have to see this if he fist fights a shark. There, sound, it's great. There is a Tevisar out there, and he said that uh, uh, Army of the Dead is just going to be 300 with zombies with lots of slow mo. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> You are not Bob is wrong. just getting slow motion skewered by Dave Batista for ninety minutes. With like, like yeah, and then with some probably <laughs> like very slow dramatic versions of like Viva Las Vegas or El- an Elvis song. Hell yeah! Um, anyway, yeah, you yeah, see, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, damn it! I knew I wanted to talk about more zombie stuff when we were talking about uh, Army of the Dead. Um. Twilight of the Dead, George A. Romero's final zombie movie. Um, for those who don't know, George A. Romero passed away in 2014, I want to say. Um, I think I actually got that date right. Um, uh, Twilight of the Dead, it, which was his final zombie movie, the movie that he wanted to wrap up his whole uh, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead like series going on, is um, currently trying to be brought to life by his late okay. wife. Um, nice. I would love to see that. I mean... We've talked. If we talk about zombie movies, we have to talk about Romero. He created the. Oh, yeah. He created the genre. There were zombie movies before then, like White Zombie and stuff. But like George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead is the film. First of all, it's a fantastic film still to this day. I always recommend yes. Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah. Um. But like, like Night of the Living Dead, Tunnel of the Dead are both great. And like, I know like his movies after that were like the. Zombies started getting like weird, like sentience and stuff. Like, weren't like that great. Like, I'm not a big fan of his like later zombie movies, but I really do want to see. I, I would watch Twilight of the Dead. I would love to see yeah. how he plans to wrap, wrap up his entire zombie series because I mean, he created the franchise, he created life. the genre. He, yeah. Um, and like I said, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, two fantastic horror movies. Still today, I Night of the Living did so good. Um, yeah, I think that is it. <clears throat> Let me just go through, make sure there isn't anything else that has popped up. Oh, <clears throat> okay, so this is actually recent, like nine hours ago. <clears throat> Excuse me, real quick. Um, they're doing a Toxic Avenger reboot. Okay, I don't know under A24. <laughs> I don't know who. Let's find out. So, if for those who don't know, 
about um, the Toxic Avenger. It is a trauma film. Trauma films were really big in the 80s and 90s. They were this movie studio, and I, the trauma's still around. You just they, did a trauma film a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, we did a trauma-adjacent film. I don't think we did an actual trauma film. With, uh... Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Adjacent. Yeah, you're right. Turbo Broken. Kid. Turbo Kid was a is like trauma adjacent. It's the closest thing to like a trauma based film, but it's, it's not the actually only trauma. Other time we've talked about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so uh, Trauma it was a studio, um, production company in the 80s, 90s, who pretty much just made the most obscure, heinous, gruesome films out there. They're all B horror movies, and they had like an indie cult following. Um. I talked about James Gunn before getting his start with Tromeo and Juliet, which <laughs> is this absurd retelling of Romeo and Juliet, but it's disgusting. Um, and Troma is a very, like, Troma isn't for everyone. It is a very, I want to, it's like, Troma was like grunge for films. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, they were, yeah, they were like the Nirvana. They were, like, they were, <laughs> if Troma was a band, they're playing in, like, a restaurant's basement, like, with one light flickering, but, like, it's still sold out. <laughs> it's, they're the corn of films. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I, it's like some of the beauty of, of those films where they had they couldn't really pay actors so they just had random people like acting uh incredibly low budget i want to say like the toxic avengers like first budget was like sub 10,000 okay that's great though we've right. talked about this through the weeks like okay 500,000 i was wrong but still that's that is good, like through low. the weeks We've talked about how some of the best films have the lowest budgets. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what Troma was did well. Uh, do it yourself, gross out, grunge style films. So doing a Hollywood remake, which it seems like it is, I still don't see who is the studio making it, which I probably could find out. Um seems like Peter Dinklage is gonna be in it. Yeah, I saw that, which is interesting. Legendary? Legendary. Okay, Legendaries is a huge studio, so that doesn't. Um, Legendary. Literally, the last thing they did was Godzilla vs Kong. Okay. I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like that's. I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna go. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I I don't know how to feel about them remaking trauma films. I don't know how about how like attaching really big name actors to that film. Right. Attaching part of the allure is the yeah lack of budget and like the practicality of things. So like if you're gonna dump five million dollars into the Toxic Avenger reboot, ten million, fifteen million dollars, if you're gonna dump all this money into it, it better all be into practical effects. Oh, and absolutely! I swear to God, if this this film isn't all about, I will be so angry. I want handmade sets. I want practical effects. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. That's just a weird thing. I don't like. I I like trauma films. Is it something else? Um. Hello, SpongeBob SquarePants. How are you? 
Uh, welcome here. We're talking about the Toxic Avenger. Uh, can we put the Toxic Avenger in the MCU? Do you want to give me a heart attack? Oh my god. Do you want me to just die on stream right now? No. Man. You already have James Gunn in the MCU. That's as much as you get of trauma. <laughs> Um, Alright, let's switch over to television. Um, so, have you watched Invincible yet? No. Alright, well I'm going to try to talk about the, the season finale of Invincible without spoiling anything. All oh. I have to say is, Uh-oh. holy shit, was holy this... Shit. Yeah, holy shit. Was this season, was this entire series just absolutely fantastic? It was the best series of television season of television i have watched this entire last year um okay and it's also probably the best season finale i've ever I mean, not the I've, I've ever seen but the one of the best season finales i've ever seen um if you aren't watching invincible and you liked the boys or gruesome or gruesome superhero films or even like super like a uh, if you like it's like the mixture of the Watchmen and the Boys because Invincible, the its comics and the show like are all a play on like the Justice League and all that stuff. But like, if you mixed in real life with it, like you get punched by a superhero, your brain is splattered, and they oh, show yeah. that. Cool. Um, Sounds great. And I just gotta say, yeah, if you're not watching it, you should watch it. I, it's, it's animated too, so it's probably like way over the top. Yeah, it really is, and I guess I like this. I know there's a lot of comparison between uh, Invincible and anime. I, I think in the style. So even if you like anime, I recommend Invincible. Um, my brother, who was like really into anime, actually messaged me like the night this uh, series, the season was over, and was like, "Did you watch it?" And we like talked about it at like <laughs> five a.m. Um, nice. it, it was that good. Um, that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. One twenty says they should put the Toxic Avenger in Mortal Kombat, and absolutely, what the hell? I didn't. I've never even thought about that. Oh, yeah, get the Predator out of there. Yeet yeah, out. like why have they never done that? Actually, like <laughs> that would be fantastic. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so in an official trailer or anything, but in preparation for season four of stranger things is inevitable release i've been rewatching that again oh yeah How, how's the rewatch been going it's been a lot of fun I, as you know i play steve harrington in dbd so yeah <laughs> it's been it's been fun and i just noticed the other day i mean it's been on there for a while that season four is going to be happening inevitably uh who knows when i don't but i'm kind of excited for it now i haven't seen a trailer or anything but yeah i mean i i liked I, I like stranger things that's good that's that's like what i gotta say about it like it's good 2022 pandemic why have man. i been wasting my time <laughs> yeah, listen pandemic's pushing everything back i have so much time to finish this show again um <laughs> uh, yeah you can watch it a, rewatch it a couple times before it comes out really <laughs> Um. Uh, goodness. Yeah. Um. Not along, really. It's just along. Yeah. <laughs> along those lines, uh, something that has been hasn't come out in a very long time. Uh, that has been lacking. Uh, Bo Burnham is to release a new Netflix comedy special. I like Bo Burnham's comedy specials. It's as simple as that. I think he's clever. Yeah, um, he kind of nailed it on. Uh, 
his first one, and then his second one was different, but still really good. It's and I and I like to see uh, you know different stuff. Oh, absolutely. I I think this yeah the first one is hilarious. The second one you are right is different, but I also think it's like incredibly brilliant. Like the second oh, yeah. one was all absolutely. about performance and like actually was deep and like very thought provoking and like really discussed what is performance and like. I, that was fantastic. I'm excited to see what he does with his next special. Because yeah. his stuff is great. I'm excited that you said that because it felt yeah. like the second one was like something he really, really put a lot of time and effort into. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. this next one's got to be his fucking magnum opus. Yeah, and I mean, he had Eighth Grade that came out a couple years ago. I haven't seen it, but I've only heard good things about that that film he put out. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about um, that. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it either. Yeah. Uh, going down the list of someone else who is actually a fantastic artist um, and actor as much as director, uh, Taika Watiti to star as Blackbeard in HBO Max's pirate comedy. I our love flag it. means that our flag means death. I'm oh, here for I it. And love it. I'm dude. here for it. That sounds fucking amazing. It sounds hilarious. Yes. Um, you really could put Taika Watiti in most things. I mean, we've seen him make a Holocaust film about Hitler that like was good like he the dude could touch pretty much anything and make it funny i've not seen jojo's jojo rabbit yet but i've like the clips i've seen good things yeah i've only heard good things i've heard it's like touching and it's funny and it's Hmm. a good like parody and i like taika watiti is on the top of his game right now um he's always been what we do in the shadows is still i think the funniest movie to come out in the last 20 years um yeah he's a genius (laughs) <laughs> yeah it really. really is um and going off that note um his other tv show that he did with um oh god what's the guy from flight of the concord's name uh, it's like it starts with like i need to find this out right now um his uh other show which is called um wellington paranormal i think which is based right. off say that again Brett McKenzie, Jermaine Clement. Oh, Jermaine Clement. Um, he his other TV show that was only I think being broadcast in Australia or New Zealand. Um, Wellington Paranormal is finally coming to the states, and I've only heard amazing things about it. It's coming to HBO Max and the CW. I don't know why it's coming to the CW, but um, like in <laughs> July, and I'm so excited because uh, what we do in the shadows, the movie, like I said, I could I would argue is probably one of the funniest movies if not top five funniest movies the last 20 years but what we do in the shadows the television show is also one of the funniest television shows to come out in the last 20 years like (laughs) both of them so good to see another show based in that universe um i'm so excited for that hi spongebob (laughs) this is patrick hello welcome you know the deal yeah we're, t- we're talking movies. Um, okay, so I think going on to like kind of HBO, staying HBO adjacent, uh, Dexter, we got a teaser. I knew this was coming. It's literally him just staring at the camera, though, so it's, there's not much to talk <laughs> about. But I didn't miss anything. It's literally um, just him staring at the camera. He looks older now. He's clean-shaven. He doesn't look like a lumberjack. <laughs> he smiles. Um <laughs> I'm excited. Um, like I said, Shane and I have talked about our differences on how we feel about the ending of Dexter. 
Many uh, times. You can many catch times. Up in previous times. episodes of Ruining Movies. <laughs> the TLDR is uh, Shane. I, 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 I'm not gonna speak for you. You, you, but like you. Um, well, my like, TLDR is that I didn't yeah. hate it. And my TLDR was like they had fantastic television up to around then a season three, and then it just was bad after. Um, and it doesn't even have to be bad. Kind of like what I was talking about earlier. Like. If you have your expectations so high and you make something fantastic and then you do not as great after, like, people are going to think it's worse because you are ruining a great thing. And I know ruining sounds very, like, I'm a, like, I'm a spoiled TV watcher, but, like, yeah, if you're, if you have something great and then you make it longer than it needs to be, like, it, you're, you have to understand people are going to dislike it. It just... Too much of a good thing isn't always a good thing. Right, quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Like it, it could have ended on season three, and it would. I think it would still be talked about as like one of the best television shows of all time. Um, but that being said, I'm excited to see where this new season comes. I like, I like Dexter. I, I like the, the yeah. first three episode, the first three seasons. Fantastic television. Yeah, I'm very excited. I think it'll uh, be interesting. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's always kind of strange when shows do this, take like a super long break and then yeah. return to some potentially unresolved issues and stuff. We'll see how it goes. I think it'll be all right. And I mean, mo- <laughs> on that note, like most television shows who- that do that, that take a long break, usually don't come back. That's as true. good or better. Yeah. Like oh, X-Files. Came- okay. <laughs> There's two, we're go- two cases here. X-Files came back after like 20 years and I've not heard anyone talk about the new seasons. Did I've you even- see the new stuff? No, I have not. Okay. I actually haven't watched any X-Files, so- but I knew that you were a fan of. I, I love the original X-Files. I, I, re- I rewatch them like every year, um, but I'm not watching any of the new stuff because I just, I don't know. I, I just doesn't like, I've seen clips of it and it just doesn't feel right. Um, but on that note, Twin Peaks Season 3, also same amount of time since X-Files has been out. I think Season 3 is some of the best television out there. Um, but I also know that like Season 3 of Twin Peaks is also highly debated, um, if it's yeah. good or not. I, I loved it. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... SpongeBob wants to know if we've watched Mortal Kombat. What's your hot take real quick? Because we talked yeah, about it last week. Absolutely. We can definitely talk about Mortal Kombat. Uh the fights were fun. It if you I think you you said it best, Shane. If you turn your brain off, it is a fun movie. Cole is the worst protagonist in any film ever. Yeah, that's pretty much word for word what I would say. If you can just turn your brain off and have fun with it, you'll enjoy it. But you know, it, it was not a complete waste of ninety minutes. Right. I would watch, like I would throw that in throw that on again and watch it um in the background. Um, I, I will have to say I was watching some Mortal Kombat 94 clips, uh, the other night and I still got to stand by it. I think Mortal Kombat 94 is just as fun or 95. I kept getting the date wrong. It's just as fun as the new one. I agree. So like, I think, I think we're on the same page with this. If it's, if it's me and a couple people that want to have a laugh and we're like having a brew or whatever, Kick that! Kick either of these movies on. If you're having some uh, Lacroix with the boys, you know you just oh, yeah. pop on Mortal Kombat '94, or you pop on Mortal Kombat 2021, 20, and I think you're probably bound to have the same amount of fun either way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's worth noting that uh, any parents listening out there, <laughs> you might want to lean more towards the '94 edition. It is. I mean, 
13. Yeah, don't, maybe just, like, don't watch Mortal Kombat with your kids. Hey, I turned out all right. I mean, I mean, I watch it as a kid, too, but, like, we have a podcast now, so... That's true. So I guess I, there's the that. Um, the millions. Uh, SpongeBob, what, what, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, let us know. If you're still listening. Um... And anyone, think? actually, anyone's, anyone's uh, in, in any chat, What if you've seen Mortal Kombat, what is your take on it? Um, we're going to keep moving on, but uh, if you guys write in right now, um, I would love yeah, to hear you guys. Tell us in Discord. Honestly, anything you guys, if anything we're talking about, if you guys have a hot take on it or have thoughts on it, let us know in chat and we will definitely talk about it um, because that's, this is fun. We're, talk, we're here yeah. to discuss movies and ruin them. I like the questions. Um, all right. So this is not really TV adjacent, this next news. Um, but Alan Moore has come out saying he's about to make a five-book epic fantasy series, and I'm so game for it. Whoa, that sounds awesome! <laughs> like the dude, like the the magical man dra- <laughs> who thinks he's like a snake dragon, crazy Alan Moore. Um, said, I'm bursting with fiction. Uh, that's not Alan. Alan Moore's more British. He'd be like, I'm bursting with fiction. The moon light reflected off the seas of Africa, and I'm a giant snake lizard man, and I've come oh, up with yeah. an idea for a five-volume fantasy epic. That That's more on how Alan Moore would speak. It's actually, so. let me find actually an, actually, uh, an actual Alan Moore quote, because they're always so insane. Um... Oh man, he looks awesome. Dude, he I'm is in fiction. <laughs> <laughs> he is crazy. I love him. Uh, I love Alan Moore. Cool. I probably don't want to meet him in real life because I feel like he would hex me or curse me. But like, uh, I kind of want to meet him in real life. <laughs> that's fair. Um, and for those who don't know, Alan Moore, uh, writer of The Watchmen, of The Killing Joke, of V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much any any graphic novel or comic book that is like just like talked about, like as like academically, like he he wrote them. I mean, obviously that's there's a lot more, but like right the, now, the saga cool. of Swamp Thing is my favorite run of any comic ever, and he did it, and it's so like philosophical and so bizarre and. So good. Yeah. Um, Killing Joke, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite Joker media. Yeah, the Killing Joke is yeah. It's it's also so brutal. I mean, Watchmen. Um, Watchmen is like. Oh, Watchmen's Watchmen. I don't know what else to say about it. Watchmen's Watchmen. Um, but anyway, he is. Um, oh, I wanted to look up quotes. <laughs> um, he is bursting with fiction. He is going to do a five-volume fantasy epic. And the thing about Alan Moore saying this is, like, um, what's his... Who George R.R. R. Martin could say that, and I don't think he would do it. I feel like Alan Moore's already written these somehow. But, like, they're probably, like, scrawled on tablets <laughs> in his own blood. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm excited for it. Um... Don't, this is a quote, don't leave your, don't leave home without your sword, your intellect. Hell yeah. What a uh, legend. What a, yeah. Um, uh, he just, he is, he's, an, I recommend watching his interviews. Um, I don't, he's just, he's a crazy man, but he's, makes good art. 
Um, I just saw that. It's not really TV or movie adjacent, but like, I mean, I guess it is because those knowing Alan Moore, it's going to turn into a TV show or a movie after he makes it because people love grabbing his stuff and making stuff out of it because, I mean, why not? They're always good. Um, let's see. Movie contract. He just sent over a couple of tablets to Universal or whatever, and was yeah. like, "This is what I want to do." You can only read them when the moon shines. All right, send but us the other tablets in a few years when <laughs> yeah. the second star crosses the skyline. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, we have, I don't know. That's all. Okay, this next news is also um, uh, we're going back to Marvel for a bit. Um, especially WandaVision. Um, it yeah. seems like it is now confirmed. I've seen a bunch of different articles. I've not seen any articles disputing this fact, um, but they're kind of also reaching that uh, Doctor Strange was going to be in WandaVision. Uh, yes, I read that as well. But he was written out, which resulted in them rewriting like some of the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Also, I heard like it's almost conser- con- uh, almost um, confirmed that like the commercials were Doctor Strange speaking to Wanda, which I don't, I don't know, don't I don't don't tell me that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let my mind wander. But also, I think I told you when we were talking about WandaVision originally, it was charted for ten episodes and it got cut down to eight. Yeah. Um. So you know, two. What is that like an extra hour and a half of footage? Probably, yeah, potentially been Doctor Strange shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, I don't um, know. but I don't, I don't know how I feel about it potentially resulting in like rewrites and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't. It's like, it's like D and D. Um, I don't want to sometimes know what would happen if I didn't do something or if something's not there right, right. that isn't important to the story. Like, I don't, don't like. Yeah, there are some little secrets that I don't want to know. Yeah. Like the idea of that always being like an unknown or or reveal it at the appropriate moment, you know, like in the Multiverse of Madness show Doctor Strange, like looking at Wanda through a TV or some weird shit, you know? Yeah. Like, just I don't know. Yeah, just don't talk it's about it. Stop, stop making press releases about shit that you didn't do. Right, exactly. Because it does, if it's not in the if it's not in the media, it doesn't matter. Right, if it's not canon, it doesn't count. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. Um, just check. Uh, Guy Fieri fired up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> already in, already, already. Uh, got me my attention with that article. For those who don't know, I'm a huge Guy Fieri fan. Um, Guy Fieri fired up the Food Network King with a massive new deal. Hell yeah! What? That's all I have to say to that. Hell yeah. Everything Guy Fieri makes is awesome. And wholesome. Yeah, he's, he's like a cool dude. Like, not only is ones? he... What? Did you see his hot ones? I did see his hot ones. Yeah. Dude, he is not a really cool guy. He really is. Like, his shows... I love Divers Drives and Drive-Ins and Dives. I lo- actually legit love that show. The worst thing about it is how I feel after I watch it. Because I'm, like, wanting to go rummage through the kitchen and shit. Right, yeah, that's the only thing, is, like, it makes me want to eat. <laughs> makes me want to go get in my car and drive to these local places. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, he's always been, like, 
he's always helped out like restaurants and stuff and has always been like supportive. I know like his mm-hmm. cast and crew has always been like paid well and like he's always there trying to make sure like his workers are in a better place, which is fantastic. He's That's like good for him. Yeah, he I mean he shows interest in smaller restaurants, gives them support. Um I know when there was all those fires in California, he like went out and barbecued like for days for all the firefighters. Like you don't get too many wholesome dudes in Hollywood, but Guy Fieri is a pretty sweet dude. Yeah, he is wholesome, like you said. He's charitable. He's all the whole nine yards. He's a really cool guy. Yeah. Guy Fieri, thumbs up. Solid. Official stance, official stance of the podcast. Up, thumbs guy up, Guy Fieri. Yeah, do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the podcast? I don't we'll, yeah. I don't know what we'll talk about. Maybe we'll talk about the cook that or chef, whatever that John Favreau movie was. Oh yeah, was he in that? Was Guy Fieri in Chef? No. Oh, but Chef is well, a good John film. Favreau, hit us up. We'll do <laughs> with Guy. And we'll I don't think some... John Favreau is going to hit us up. I talk too much smack about Disney. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. He he got mad at Disney recently. Oh hell yeah, he's on our side. Yeah. That's we'll not see. how that works. <laughs> we'll see. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I th- pay attention. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, um, yeah, we can absolutely do that. Um, thank you. Yeah. Um, if you want to go do that, I can keep talking. Oh, what? No. Okay. I've never done that during recording a podcast. (laughs) Okay. That's fine. We'll take it at home. I have to go to the bathroom, but I'm not willing to stop because I've never done that during a podcast. So I suggest a minute break between segments let's keep talking and i'll just keep well no if you want to do that no. it's, it's, it's it's easier oh, for me to we... edit if i don't have to cut out a big part in the middle <laughs> you talking about like this part i mean yeah you can just keep talking about the news and if you come back then we can about, talk, come back and talk about nightcrawler yeah but then oh man see... i will literally just talk about anything you will not miss anything i promise you <laughs> all right fine all right, chat. For a loss, everybody. <laughs> yeah, just go. It's my podcast now. Leave. I'll be right back. I won't mute the uh, Discord so that you all can listen to him on okay. here. Okay. Hi. We didn't introduce ourselves again. <laughs> Shit. It's whatever. I'm, Jane. <laughs> I'm Zach. There, we did our introductions. Hey, everyone. Uh, redoing the podcast. Uh, anyway, uh, chat, chats. Audience, how are you guys doing? Uh, and you guys watch anything recently? Anything that uh really has been getting you excited? Because I know, like, I've been like catching up on things that were like been going on before the pandemic. Like, I watched the Harley Quinn show recently, which was uh really fantastic. Um, but like, I want to know if like anyone's watching anything that they've like been putting off, and they are just like now watching that they think is good. Any recommendations? Any of that kind of stuff? I am all ears. And as I do that, oh, the Dragon Ball Z composer passed away. That's sad. It's also some fantastic, uh, Dragon Ball Z really had some fantastic music to it. I mean, I don't think the composer was a guy who, uh, wrote the, 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 like, uh, intro to Dragon Ball Z, which I mean, just shreds more than any intro to any television show ever. Um, if you haven't listened to the Dragon Ball Z, like, intro dragon dragon it's a dragon dragon ball z like it fucking shreds we need to go back to that 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say that right now on the podcast. We need to go back to more television shows, to more animes, to more animation that just have intros that absolutely shred. You know, like the '90s just had the like that effect. Like we're if we're talking about like Dragon Ball Z, um, we also had One Piece. I've never seen One Piece, but I know the gumdrops, like the gum fruit. What the hell? The fruit, like ho ho and gum fruit. I like that's a pretty good intro. Um, also, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage, like you learn everything about the show right there. It's about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and honestly, also ruled. And then I guess, God, also the like the X Men theme song. Like that also ruled. I'm trying to think of what other what other theme songs from the '90s also ruled. We have X Men, we have Ninja Turtles, we have all right Dragon okay. Ball Z, Power Rangers. I think a Power Rangers theme song also kind of ruled. Oh, hi. I'm here. Just talking uh, about theme songs of the '90s. Freakazoid. Oh, Freakazoid was also. I think uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was my favorite. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know. Okay. Yeah, I'm officially back. You, I feel you familiar. Like you familiar with that song? Yes, I I, I know okay. that one. Um. All right. Well, I think that's the news. Like I said, kind of light. Usually, usually we also discuss um like a show that we're watching. Um. We just stop after this part. <laughs> Because what would I do? Just sit there and talk about Nightcrawler? Just take a break. Again, that makes me have to edit more. <laughs> I can't take a break in the middle of the podcast. That's why with survival check, when one person walks away, we just keep going. Right. Because if I have to edit out of the middle, that's more work. That's like another 30 minutes of work for me. Right. Got it. Well. Yeah. That's the news, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's the news, everyone. Um, okay, so this week we watched Nightcrawler. Did you watch the movie this week? <laughs> I sure did. I did my homework. Okay, week. good. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, let me pull up uh, their IMD page, IMDB page before we talk about it because I want to make sure I have everyone's names. All right. Um, so, yeah. This week, last week, we watched the 2014 Jake Gyllenhaal-led, Dan Gilroy-directed, I want to say, like, noir crime thriller, uh, Nightcrawler, a film about Lewis Bloom, a complete and utter psychopath who is just trying to get a job, man. Yeah, he's just trying to, like, build a career, you know? Yeah, you know, just, like, normal stuff. Just, like, trying to get a job. Um, actually the personification of the American dream. A true rags-to-riches story. Yeah, it's, nothing bad happens in it. The main character is wholesome. Earned um, through blood, sweat, and tears. He graduated. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay. So, let's, let's talk about this film. I still really like it. I, I, I really liked it when I first saw it. I think Ghost Hand in the beginning of the podcast said, uh, it's uh, this generation's American Psycho. I can't even really debate that. I, I agree. Uh, I think that's a pretty great way of putting it. Um, I know in the past I've said that for like my movie picks at least, I try to stick to a kind of theme in relation to 
our last week's movie pick and this week like like i said this man's a great entrepreneur so that's like what i'm going with for, for well my... i want i wanted to do a contrast because i think this movie is a complete contrast contrast from anything edgar wright has made um, that's true yeah um who, who would you rather hang out with patrick bateman or lewis bloom lewis bloom Dude, I would rather hang out with Patrick Bateman. I think I would trust him more, which is a saying a lot. Bateman use an axe. I haven't actually seen Lewis Bloom kill anyone. <laughs> right, that's true. Uh... <laughs> I know he does, but like, you know. <laughs> I'll ride shotgun with this guy. That's fair. I think I'll still go pay Patrick Bateman because at least I'd have like a fancy dinner before I was, uh, I was killed, <laughs> and I wouldn't have to be patronized. I don't want to be lectured throughout my entire day job with him. I feel like I would be patronized by Lewis Bloom the entire time. I feel like I'd be a great number two. To, I would. Uh, to I would hate it. Dude, I, I don't want to. Not that I'd be cool with doing the things that he gets involved <laughs> with. It's just like, you know. He specifically mentions how good <laughs> Rick is at like order taking. Yeah, I that like you just point and I'll go, and that's fine. Yeah, uh, when I get involved in shady shit, just don't get me killed. That's true. So okay, so for those who haven't seen Nightcrawler, it is a noir thriller. Like I said, um, uh, film uh, set. At, pretty much the entire setting is LA at night. It follows follows Lewis Bloom, who is a I want to I can't tell if he's a sociopath or a psychopath or both, um, but a person who does not know how to function in society, in society, um, who is just really I don't even know how to like describe his motives. Like he wants a job, but it's like he just wants power. I, I would repl- I would like to replace like job with power. I think he says basically exactly what he wants. He he tells um 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 don't Rick. tell me no don't tell me don't tell me Sharon no not Sharon yeah Sharon is it Sharon he tells oh no her. Sharon is um are you talking about not female anchor why is she, why is she I, not up the list <laughs> but yeah where is she she's not actually not on imdb oh man not jenny what the heck okay <laughs> wait why is she not on imdb <laughs> well like the main female protagonist sort of what the fuck was the character's name Nina. Nina, yeah, yeah. But she doesn't appear on the IMDb, that's weird. That's so oh Nina Romina. Yeah, Renee Nina. Russo. Yeah, it's Renee Russo. There she is. Um anyway, he basically tells her, like, I I wanna be the guy running the news station that owns the cameras. So it's like, as far as motives are concerned, like it's still a little murky. Right. I well, like it... power's like a pretty a good, like, I would say power because he didn't even know about the news until he saw an accident. Like that was not like he wasn't someone who was like always wanted to be behind a camera or operate in like a newsroom or like run it. It's he just saw a power structure that he wanted to be on top of. Like yeah, that's what makes him so scary. Is like he didn't like it seemed like he didn't really have goals or his goals were always changing. I'm becoming mm-hmm. bigger and bigger 
Um, but anyway, like the basic of this story is Lewis Bloom, um, we find is a con man. We find him beat someone up and possibly kill someone for a watch. Like the begin- first scene of the kill the cop like instantaneously. Yeah, well, security guard. Um, yeah. Like in the first scene, um, and then he goes and sells all of like his scraps that he's been stealing from like train yards and stuff to I want to say that's Bill Paxton's character. No. Um, uh, no, Bill, no Bill Paxton is the other operator. Um, the scrapyard. Rodriguez. Yeah, scrapyard owner who is like he like he like flips a switch and becomes like very personable. But um, at the same time, like the, I would argue this might be Jake Gyllenhaal's best performance. I yeah, I mean I think it's up there. It, the only reason that I'm not saying definitively is because I can't think of all his other roles but like it's definitely the one that i think of the most when i think of like his outstanding performances yeah so he he he's able to act in a way where he his he's terrifying first of all Mm -hmm. but like you can tell like his character is trying to act all earnest but like the way jake gyllenhaal plays it off it, it like it's you can tell it's so insincere like it's so so much of a facade which is the I think the most terrifying part about um, Lewis Bloom, I, like he, I think oh, we can talk about this part right now, which I think is the climax of the story, um, which is I, I, right before um, Rick dies, um, where Rick and Lewis were having a conversation in the car before, and Rick's like, "Man, you just don't understand people." And then we have a couple beats; nothing happens for a couple scenes. Mm-hmm. And then he says to Rick right before the climax of the film, like, well, I, I would argue that this sentence is like the climax. I know it's not action filled or anything, but it's like really the first real look you get into this character. You do. Yeah. He does not reveal his inner thoughts, his inner motives or anything. We really we see as much as the outside of Lewis Bloom as pretty much everyone else, except for a couple scenes. And this is as he's filming the person he's closest to die. Yeah, he says. Um, let me find the exact quote because it is a one of my favorite quotes from a and movie. And to be fair, him being close to this person was a facade. Like, it was nothing. It, it was nothing. Yeah. To, him. to Rick, it was like they had a good business operation. Things were good. But to him, it was like Rick was just a stepping stone. Exactly. Um, hey, this is the quote uh, Lewis says. Lou, uh, what if my problem wasn't that I don't understand people, but that I don't like them? What if I was the kind of person who was obliged to hurt you for this? I mean physically. I think you'd have to believe afterward, if you could, that agreeing to pers- participate and then backing out of at the critical moment was a mistake, because that's what I'm telling you as clearly as I can. That wasn't the part where he was dying. That was uh, um, literally he, the last thing he says to him before he dies, though, I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. This is when... Stuff that I'm I I need to make sure, but I'm pretty sure this is when they were having a conversation in the car about the rays. This was this was when they were so they talked about the rays when they were like casing the place, and then they went to the noodle joint. That to him because Rick was like, "I'm not getting out of the fucking car." Yeah, and he was like, "I need you to get the angle." <laughs> so he tells him like if he was obliged to hurt him and Rick was like, Oh shit, he might hurt me. So he gets out of the car and goes in the films. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like he says this, it's not when he's dying though. Right. I'm just saying like in between that sentence, that what you just said and Rick's death, I think the only other thing he says to Rick is get the camera. 
Because well, right then the chase scene like breaks out shortly after the gunfight. Rick says a little bit to him when he's dying on the ground. Oh yeah. So there is like a little bit of a conversation there, but yeah, that is like one of the, that is the last thing really that is said to Rick before he dies. Um, but yeah, um, it's really hard. Like I, I find myself hard, find myself having trouble like explaining a lot of these movies, uh, especially this movie, because the movie story itself is compelling. But I really think it's Jake Gyllenhaal's performance, which is the most compelling part about this film. Yeah, I, I can um, agree with that. He, he nails it. He puts a certain bleakness to, like, every situation he's in, but also it's, like, I, there's never really a point when I feel like he's out of control except for that point when he's literally out of control. Right. And, like, breaking the mirror and shit. Other than that, like, right then, like, what we were just talking about, how those words were the last things, basically, that he said to Rick, it's, like... I feel like that was just all part of his big elaborate plan. He was like, okay, this is going to shake out like this and he's going to die. And it's like, maybe it's not that sophisticated, but it felt like that to me. It's like, this right. is always in control. Like he can see the fucking future. And he just it, doesn't care if he dies. I like, yeah. that's the thing. I like, I, if anyone in the chat can tell me the difference between being a psychopath and a sociopath and what Lou Bloom is, um, let me know because he just, He's so abnormal. He, but the thing is, he we see him watching television and laughing at the really stupid, cheesy jokes, and mm-hmm. we always hear him try to be, do this whole motivational thing, like statistically, blah blah blah, or like everyone says, waking yeah. up in the morning with a smile on your face is like what you do. But like, it's just it's it's like the equivalent of like the person who gets all their information from the internet. Yeah. But, like, doesn't do anything with it. It's like, well, I read this article and just kind of uses it in a very insincere way. Mm-hmm. Like, I read this article that says blah, 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 blah. Um, and they don't, like, take any personal account into it or they don't have any thoughts about it or they don't, like, reflect on it. They're just like, this is what this article says, so it has to be 100% true and this is exactly what's going on. And he just personifies it and just, it's it's like the insincere way of using information. Yeah, it's like the facts don't care about your feelings aspect, and it's cold. It's coldest form. It's it's incredibly psychotic. Yeah, and and like you said, Jake Gyllenhaal nails it. But yeah, Lewis is uh, he's manipulative. He's keen. He's just scary. Just a scary guy. He knows he like is. the right chords to pluck, and, and he's intelligent also like i agree with what you're saying but like on the flip side of that it's like he just like does so much research into like we kind of weird stuff yeah like about rita he just right uh, you know knows all these details about her to the point where he knows he like looks into the ratings sweep and like all this stuff in order to like manipulate her something i do particularly love about this movie is the way that most of the dastardly things that he's doing are kind of like just implied. Right. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess at one point it's not implied. He does just say it to her, but I like that they don't show. Right. Because they don't have to. Um, Right. He puts it on like in just the way that he is. Like they don't show him killing that security guard. They don't show him getting all weird with her in her apartment but they make it really clear through like implications. And of course the things that he says, yeah. Um, 
that like he is really doing really shitty shit like throughout most of this movie um the first time i watched it uh i thought of it as like a descent into madness I, yeah, I, this time i watched it i think it's uh it's not that yeah i don't think <laughs> there's that much growth in the character i like no i think it's this is a look into this character it's like an observation of this character i think at the beginning and at the end, he didn't become more mad. He, we see him in the first scene, like, kill someone. Mm-hmm. And in the second scene, he's, or the last scene, he's just furthering his career even further after fucking everyone over. Right, and, like, you just feel terrified for those people working for him now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it's also, like, you, this kind of, kind of, like, also, like, they're obviously, like, this is a look at, like, actual CEOs, same as, like, American Psycho and stuff, like, that is, like, actually how some people who run their businesses, like, actually are. And yeah. that's, like, which is the insane thing. Like, obviously, this could be pushed a little bit more, but, like, I think that's what makes him so terrifying is, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think this is, Jake, like I said, I think this is Jake Gyllenhaal's best performance. Um, Lewis Bloom is absolutely someone I would be terrified to run into on the street. Um yeah. It's it's good. Um what did you think about the soundtrack? I enjoy it. I like it. I think it's it's fitting for what they're trying to do when they're trying to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This movie does a couple things that I typically don't like in films, but they do it better or in a way that I enjoy. And those two right. things are uh making me look at a screen while I'm looking at a screen. Fair. Uh, I'm just not a huge fan of that in general. Okay. Uh, but they seem to do it pretty well in this movie because it's like a modern media. Right, and it's, it's used as exactly. a framing device. Yeah, and he's not exactly like a photographer, so it's not like he's going to be in a... Uh, oh my gosh, what do you call it? <laughs> a developing room? I can't remember what it's called. The Red Room? <laughs> no, that's like a developing lab. That's... you. A, yeah, a dark room. A dark room. As he, yeah. he's not a photographer, so he's not going to be in a dark room. But he is like a, a digital videographer. Yeah. So like they use it as a as a story tool, and then even as like a like you said, like a framing tool. When they, I love that scene when uh, they're face to face, him and Rita, and uh, Rick's dead body is on the screen behind them, looking. Yeah. At, I, and, the cinematography in this film is absolutely brilliant yeah. it's fantastic that's, that's just a personal thing that i'm not a huge fan of in movies that sure. i think that they did really well in this For another sure. thing that i'm not a huge fan of in movies that i think they did really well are like super kind of long shots over like the city and stuff yeah um but this movie just like it really sets like the scope and the scale of, of what's going on, like the where they are, the amount of space they have to cover, like how quickly he's actually moving, like how erratic he's being. Like it, it I think it is appropriate, and they and they do it really well. Sometimes I just hate those, like you know, those long droning shots. Where oh, it's I like, love those shots. No, I do enjoy them, but it's like sometimes it can be very overdone, and like you could remove that from the movie, and right. It would, wouldn't change anything in this film i feel like each time it does it it's a lot more necessary and it kind of yeah feeds into the atmosphere yeah that's right i i i uh, like i i 
That last part is not like it's more like a personal difference because like I watch films that are literally just long shots. Like literally, that is also what my, like the films I make. Um, I should retract because it's like I can appreciate them. It's just like in some films, it can be like distracting. No, absolutely, absolutely. They're and, just sometimes they just are used as filler. Yeah, and in this movie, I just I think that's not the case. I do appreciate long shots. I think they can be cool. I guess my point is like that. It's not distracting. It's not jarring. It's just like sure. it really fills the ambiance yeah no ambiance is a great word to describe it um yeah what i wanted to talk about was the like the uh, i agree with everything you said um i i I could care less about uh like screens on screen but i could definitely see how that is a thing that people don't like um i i think the long shots are absolutely fantastic like you said in this film because of the reason it adds to the ambience of the ambiance ambiance of uh the yeah. film because you know, like, I f- you feel like I'm where he's at, like yeah. flying up above everyone else. You know what yeah. I mean? Absolutely. I think, um, I think the like, I know there's like the cliche thing to say, like the city is part of the, like a character in itself. I think like the atmosphere of LA at night is definitely a player here in this film. It's it's important, um, because you can't really get this type of... I mean, you could technically place this in other cities, but I think LA just feels right for it. Um, yeah, it's the perfect backdrop for what um, they're trying to do. Yeah, what I wanted to talk about, the soundtrack with... The soundtrack, though, is um, how strange it is. So, when we get Lewis, Lou, going through, like, the house... Um, after there was the murders where he got there before the cops did mm-hmm. or like where there was um, the car crash with the rivals that he set up uh, yeah. th- the soundtrack is cheery it is inspirational it is not droning it is not psychotic it is not terrifying yeah. it is actually uplifting when I first saw this movie I did not like that um, yeah they almost want you to root for Lewis or they frame it in a way that you should be rooting for Lewis right Exactly, but the second time I'm watching this, I can see how they're using that cleverly as a way to make you feel, because, like, yeah, the main character, the protagonist of the film, is getting everything he wants right now. He is moving up the corporate ladder, his corporate ladder, he's becoming what he wants to, but the event that's causing that is so horrifying, so it's this contrast they want you to feel with this very, like, it almost feels like Truman Show-like soundtrack, Um, like... Kind of even like um, soap opera, soap opera style um, soundtrack where it is very light, it's inspirational, but it's also like you're looking at the most twisted things. I I I, I can confidently say that I really enjoyed it this this time around. I I really liked um, how they played with that. I thought it was pretty pretty smart. Yeah, I, I think that the the soundtrack is well done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, anything. So, okay, let's break down what this movie needs before we remake it. Like, what is the core concepts of this film that we feel like need to be translated into however we remake it? Um, I think, first of all, we need a great performance from an actor or actress. Um, I think there has to be the performance aspect of it. I think it has to be at night in a city with the long shots. That is a big part of what this movie is, is the slow ambiance. Um, and I think the character, the main character, 
needs two more CGI Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> um, exactly. We need more Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Um, and I think, like, it's weird to say, like, there has to be no character growth, but instead a character revealed to the audience. Like, I think, like, we both said, like, Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't have a character arc. Well, he kind of does. Like, he gets what he wants, but I think the main story here is, like, his inner thoughts being revealed to the audience throughout time. Does that make sense? Yeah, his growth is, like, it's, what am I trying to say here? Only he knows the the, the growth that he will have. You know, it's like yeah. each time that something happens, it's not revealed to you until like, till you're, till like the last second. Like when you see his new car. Right. Like that came out of nowhere. Like, it's like, holy shit, he's got a, he's got a fucking $30,000 car. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's like how you see his growth. I guess that's what I mean. Like, you're right. He doesn't experience growth. True. It's like financial growth he has, but like I'm talking about like character growth. Yeah, like, no, like if we want to talk about like hot fuzz, like Nicholas Angel started as the like first of all the first six minutes of this is the this movie is the opposite of the first six minutes of Hot Fuzz where we learn everything about the main character. We don't learn know anything about the main character. We don't know where he comes from. We don't know his past. We literally don't know who he was. We don't even hear his name for the first like twenty minutes. Yeah, we don't know who this person is. Um, we barely know who he is at the end. We bar- like, it's, it's he's a, an enigma. Um, what was I saying? Uh, yeah. So we see like the financial gain, but like we never see like that. He- There's not a hero's journey. Like no. he doesn't overcome odds. Well, I guess he technically overcomes odds. Um, his he mentor he fucks up. Like I guess there is a hero's journey here, but. He grows in the way a business grows, not in the way that a person or a character grows. I think that that's the perfect way to put it. Put it absolutely. He grows like a business. I, it's he's almost not even human. It feels like he <laughs> is, and maybe that's why there is no personal growth. We like that that makes it so weird. Is because he as a person wouldn't grow. <laughs> like <laughs> I, he has I, no reason to grow or change. He he knows his path and he's on it, and he like knows how to get to the end of this movie. It's that's how it feels. Like from the first yeah. time I see this guy, it's like this guy knows how the movie's gonna end. <laughs> he knows how he's gonna get there, and nothing's gonna stop him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that's an important aspect we have to bring into whatever we make. Um, and I think that's it. We like it has. Yeah. So a character that doesn't really have growth isn't revealed too much about. Um, grow is more like a business. Um, it has to have some type of ambiance that is very important to the film, uh, either through its cinematography that is revealed or through its soundtrack, like it is revealed in Nightcrawler. Um, it also, what was the first thing I said? I don't know. This is for the third part, right? Where we have to rewrite the movie? Yeah. We're, I'm trying to break down like what are the important parts of Nightcrawler that we have to translate okay. over. Um, so, oh, character Lack performance, character performance, lack of growth, character performance, uh, the ambiance of the city. Um, so for those who are new here to the podcast, this is the last part of the, 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 this is the third part of the podcast, the last part where we take the movie of the week, the movie that we just watched and through you guys voting on straw polls on our discord, you can find both the discords underneath uh, both of our channels. Um, we have to either make a prequel, sequel or remake in the movie genre of your choice. 
So, this week, it was a three-way tie between prequel, sequel, or remake. So, someone had- you have to roll a d4, Shane. Well, mm, so we can find out. Act the... <laughs> but there was also a three-way tie between the movie genre, but I think this three-way tie we can actually do. Like, make a movie out of all three of those genres. Uh, but first, we need to find out if it's a prequel, sequel, or remake. Yeah, and then we'll, if it's a four, we just roll again. It's a two. Sequel. So, we are making a sequel to the Jake Gyllenhaal Nightcrawler in the movie genre. The movie genre is a romance lifetime lifetime television hallmark movie. Wait, what? Say that again? We are making Nightcrawler into a romance hallmark slash lifetime television movie. You know what the like the Lifetime channel like those really yeah, yeah. incredibly bad sappy movies mm-hmm. same with the Hallmark channel and it's a remake it's a sequel it's a sequel it's a sequel but like a really bad TV movie oh. over dramatized acting to recast yeah obviously if it's a lifetime they're not they don't have the money for jake gyllenhaal but it's a sequel (laughs) they do not have the if it is lifetime i guarantee you they do not have the budget for jake gyllenhaal we have to find all right let's look at some soap operas bill paxton yeah bill paxton they can afford but oh i have it who yeah who is the soap opera bill paxton recovers in the hospital okay his nurse Oh, yeah, go with it. The love of his life. Yes. Yes, okay, I like this. So, first of all, um, let's get performance. Uh, performance. I think Bill Baxton could put on a good performance. What, what else was he in? You know how many times he said fucking bruh in this movie? He was also in Twister. Dude, he was in Titanic. He was in Titanic? Who the hell was he in Titanic? What? Wait, Bill Paxton was on a lot of stuff. What? Yeah, no, he's. he's... Well, I, like I knew he was big, but like, who was he in? But I, my point was, I still think he'd definitely sign on for a lifetime movie. I feel. Like oh he... no, absolutely! I'm looking at his list right now. He's been on in everything. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that he was in Tombstone and True Lies. He's been um, in a lot of stuff. The Terminator. <laughs> dude, he was big in the '90s. Um. Twisters. Oh, he was. Um, the supporting character in uh, Titanic, like like current day Titanic times, like the person trying oh, to find the Titanic. Yeah, he he. I don't like that movie. Rose. Um, he was. Chipping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was in WWE SmackDown for. How he was. He was in Spy Kids 3D called. Uh, Dinky Winks. Tales from the Crypt. What the? Fuck? He was in a Limp Biscuit music video. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what oh, else was he? He was in Agents of Shield for like a decent amount of episodes. What the hell? Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, Frazier. He's on a bunch of shit. Yeah, he would definitely. I feel like, but like looking at his list, like he like he would definitely take a Lifetime movie. Is it um? What was that one movie with the mouse that, uh, was the, he in that? The mouse? No, no, no. It, it's called, uh, Vertical Limit. Yeah, yeah, Vertical Limit. That movie was wild. I don't think I've seen that. 
Oh, it's a classic. Starring Bill Paxton and that other guy, uh, Paul Walker, I think. Oh, okay. Probably five. Oh, yeah. I don't think Paul Walker's in this. I'm just an asshole. It's Chris O'Donnell. Okay. <laughs> Who you would also know as Robin from Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like a Paul Walker type. <laughs> I'll give you that. He definitely kind of looks like Paul Walker in that movie, too. He's got, like, long blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um. All right, so... The first part, we have Bill Paxton giving a Lifetime movie-style performance. Um, yeah, and I think it, the whole movie is just his nurse nursing him back to health. Absolutely. And in the end of the movie, Jake Gyllenhaal hits him with a news buzz. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, so, okay, yeah, so we have Bill Paxton um, waking up from, I think he, like, broke his neck and, like, a bunch of shit oh, after... Frick. I don't Lewis, even know if he Blue, survived. Blue. That's why I was saying, like, you know, oh, yeah. that's what makes the opening to this great. It's just Bill Paxton opening his eyes to bright lights and a beautiful lady. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's filmed really poorly. So I think it's a noir on accident. Um, for those who don't know, um, a big part of the noir film genre, and like even like this is what makes a noir film, is that instead of having practical lighting, it has found lighting. Um, for those who don't know filmmaking terms, that means like... Um, an example of this in Nightcrawler is like all the exterior shots are like being lit by like the nightlights of LA. Um, they don't have like big studio lights lighting things. Um, that's why noir films are usually have high contrast shadows, are usually more darker and visually um, in that type of tone. Um, found found lighting. So that kind of works with a lifetime movie because they don't probably have they probably, I don't what is like the average budget for a lifetime movie um I'm gonna guess yeah I guess 750 grand because I think they just film it in like one house well okay so this is off topic did you know there's like a hallmark town in Canada where they film all those Christmas t- movies like oh. there's literally like an entire fake town in Canada oh my gosh that they yeah um oh bunch, my gosh i was way off the, yeah this is this budget is saying 1.2 to 1.5 mil it says i just googled and it, it just came up this is just you know what google's telling me is the right i, I hate that they do that i i have no proof of this is accurate <laughs> right the movies are made on a strict budget of around two million dollars which sounds like That's... a lot but in hollywood terms is about the cost of a single television episode i mean they're not wrong <laughs> Oh man! Oh my God! I want to. Okay, listen. I just. I'm. I'm looking. I'm on Lifetime's website right now. These are the recent movies, so we need to figure out a better title for Nightcrawler. Um. So, premiering on Saturday, May eighth at eight, eight Central. Memories of a murder. Up next on Sunday, May 9th, Burning Little Lies. And don't forget, premiering Saturday, June fifth at eight Central. Gone Mom: The Disappearance of Jennifer Dulos. Then after that, you can catch out Soccer Mom, Madame. And then don't forget, the next Saturday, Left for Dead, the Ashley Reeves story. But that's not all. Premiering that Sunday after the Left for Dead, the Ashley Reeves story, we have Secrets of a Gold Digger Killer. <laughs> and then on Monday, we have the coveted follow-up of Nightcrawler. The Night Nurse. No. <laughs> the Night the Nurse cometh. The Night Nurse. Um... What would it be? It would be like, 
Victims of a psychopath. <laughs> or something so <laughs> cheesy like that. Newsroom. Victimized. Uh, yes, it would be like that. It would be like the true story of the of the news. <laughs> or true news uh, or something like that. Um God. We should watch a lifetime movie one of these weeks. Oh my god. <laughs> or a Hallmark. Uh, Alright, I'm saying it now. Um when it gets to December, we're gonna watch Hallmark movies during that month. Not all month, but we're gonna at least watch one. I'm putting it out there now. One of my choices will be a Hallmark movie. Wait, I want to look at a Hallmark. I know we're going on a tangent right now, chat, but I want to see what the recent Hallmark movies are called. Actually, the Hallmark Hall of Fame movie list. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, the top Hallmark movies are A Christmas Love Story, Love Takes Flight, Christmas Everlasting, The Beach House, The Christmas Train, Love Locks, A Heavenly Christmas, Just in Time for Christmas, Away and Back, One Christmas Eve, Christmas in Conway, Remembering Sunday, The Makeover, Christmas with Holly, A Smile as Big as the Moon. Cool. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to watch <laughs> one of these movies. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, okay, then what was the last one? The ambiance. Um, it's the hospital. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, it's the hospital, right? It's like, uh, obviously long Bill shot. Paxton is going to die. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be long shots of, like, the corridors of the hospital, um, like, Bill Paxton. There's definitely going to be, like, a shot that will probably, like, re like, lingers a little bit too long of, like, it's going to be in the corner of the room. Um, mm -hmm. facing Bill Paxton, there's going to be definitely like a window, like a large window. It's going to be overlooking LA. Um, and there's going to be like, just like a long shot of him just like staring out the window. And then like on the TV in the corner of the room, like hanging, like if you've ever been in a hospital room, like that's where the TV is. It's like in the corner, like top corner, like kind of like a waiting room. Um, it's going to be the news and it's going to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> some, um, some uh, of Lou Bloom's things, and he's just gonna be staring out into so, Las Vegas. No, not Las Vegas. Um, I almost called it Los Santos too. L.A. <laughs> <laughs> we should we is Bill Paxton the main character here? I think or so. Or is the nurse the main character? Oh shit! You're right. It's a Lifetime movie. I think it has to be the nurse. <laughs> Because, like, I was saying, like, he he might just get hit by a news bus near the end of the movie. Yeah. But we don't want character growth either. Right. So can't change. That is true. So he just I gets hit by an unchanged Jake Gyllenhaal. Maybe maybe he's a dick throughout. Like, he's because even Bill Paxton's character in the show. I mean, anyone who really Bruh. is a nightcrawler. Bruh. Yeah, bro, bro sucks. Uh. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, the nurse is probably the main character. She probably is the only person who has growth, where maybe she tries to change this man, but he does. She can't. Because, yeah, yeah. Because, bruh. Because, uh, bruh. He won't stop saying, bruh. I'm looking at a list of uh, top um, like celebrities you forgot were in real lifetime. Me too. I, I found, like, Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Chris, Kristen Bell. Uh, we need to be find someone. We need January to find, like, an actress who's not, like, big anymore. January Kristen Jones? Oh, she was in Mad Men. Can't get her. Can't get her. <laughs> oh! 
Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> That's like the perfect person. She hasn't done anything since Heroes, right? I don't want to be mean, but like... She does those uh, Pantene commercials. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> oh no, not really. What was the last thing I'm she was looking. in? I guess she's in a show called Nashville. Yep, Custody... Until Dawn? So she did a video game recently? Until Dawn was sweet, yeah. She was in Until Dawn. Um, okay, she actually did Kingdom Hearts as well. Sign her up, dude. I think she's... Yeah, I think she would. Guy. I think she would actually act her heart out, too. I like her. Um, But I think, yeah, I think uh, Hayden Panettiere coming okay. back from... I have not been giving Hayden Panettiere enough... Is that her, how, how do you say your last name? Hayden Panettiere. Okay. Because she was in uh, Robot Chicken, another Kingdom Hearts game. Scream 4. Um... Another Kingdom Hearts game, Malcolm in the Middle. What the fuck? I'm, I'm no, not... yeah, she's like was big in the like, the two thousands. Um, she was like bringing on her. and stuff. Allie McBeal. Exactly. <laughs> so <be> lawyer. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, she was in the Wendy's Chicken Nuggets commercial in nineteen ninety six. Oh yeah, touched by an angel. She would definitely. Be oh wait, in a she was. Oh movie. yeah, she was definitely in. T- she was. Oh, she was in, like a. Yeah. yeah, she's definitely in a lifetime. Oh, I feel like I, I'm like kind of surprised she hasn't been in like a um like lifetime. What unhappily ever after a Wendy's chicken nugget commercial? That's so funny. <laughs> How do you spell God TV movie? That sounds like a fucking. That uh, that sounds like a lifetime movie, actually. Yeah, it's not. It's not. What? It's an HBO Kids movie. I mean, the custody kind of sounds like a lifetime. Uh, wait, Fred Savage was in this? <laughs> the, wait, Fred Savage? <laughs> was in How Do You Spell God? The lives of three women are unexpectedly changed when they cross paths at New York Family Court. That actually sounds like it might be a Lifetime movie. <laughs> oh my. Um, huh. Oh wait! Okay, the first comment on this review. Two nights ago I watched an especially compelling movie on Lifetime, Custody. She was already in a <laughs> Lifetime movie! <laughs> yes. It's perfect. She's in. She's the main character. Oh, um, but this was in 2016. So, like, the sequel probably would be coming around, like, 2018. Hell so, yeah. boom, she's in. Um, And I think that's the sequel tonight. We still need a name for it. A really cheesy chat. I'm throwing this out to you, too. A really cheesy Lifetime um, title. I wonder if there's, like, a Lifetime movie name uh, generator. Hold on, I. <laughs> oh my God, there is. There's a name generated for anything. Here we go. I'm on. I'm on a good track. Okay. Um. Moment of the night stalker. Um. I'm looking up hospital units. <laughs> Oh, that's a good call. I can't. I'm actually. There's like a lifetime movie title generator. I'm looking at. Love in the ICU or something. (laughs) Yes. Um, tricks of the halls. Martha behind the sun. Units. The man who killed me with crazy. Caring intensively. Oh yes, that caring (laughs) intensively. Boom. That's the name of the sequel to Nightcrawler. Is caring intensively. Um, it is current. It is going to be on at Saturday, Saturday, uh, May 
28th. I don't know if that's a Saturday. I'm... They have three weeks to film with a $2 million budget. Dude, they probably film Lifetime movies in that's like three weeks. Came, that is what came up when I googled the budget. It said that they have three <laughs> weeks to film with a $2 million budget. Hell yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then probably takes like maybe like two or three months to edit. So... This actually, this is probably going to drop like October. This is going to be one of the scarier Lifetime movies. Hell yeah! The and channel. there is no Jake Gyllenhaal. He just gets hit by a VPN. I think. Man. I think they did. You ever see American Psycho two? Where you see like, first of all, never watch American Psycho two. Okay. Um, it's Thank bad. You. It's it's starring a, uh, God, who is it? Let me see. Uh, um. It's called American Psycho 2 All-American Girl. It came out in 2002. It is starring Mila Kunis. Oh, uh, okay. But anyway, you see, like, the back of the head of Patrick Bateman. I think you see you see someone who kind of looks like Jake Gyllenhaal, but, like, in the background for maybe one scene walk past. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, his top knot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just he's riding on, on a bike past. <laughs> and then boom, um, caring intensively. Man, nailed it. On Lifetime next Saturday, seven p.m. Movie ruined. <laughs> runtime ninety minutes. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the runtime is probably like ninety minutes. You're right. It's probably commercials. Dude, yes, there would be commercials in the worst places too. Like every time, ah. Oh. And you're Bill right. Paxton uh, is like walking across the street for the first time, smiling back at his his girlfriend lovingly, and you just hear skirt, and then it cuts to commercial. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. I feel like okay. I think not to this is not besmirching Bill Paxton, but I feel like Bill Paxton like phones it in here in this role. <laughs> Hayden Panatera does not Panatera, she does not, she kills it. But like Bill Paxton is like you can see it's just like laying in the hospital bed for like eighty out of the ninety minutes just not tells them to hit him with a real bus. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And that is it. Movie ruined. Round of applause, everyone. We did it. Another movie ruined. Woohoo. right. what movie are we ruining next week, Shane? Next week, to keep on theme with our masterful entrepreneurship and meteoric rise to success, we will be watching There Will Be Blood, starring Daniel Day-Lewis and Ooh, hell yeah. I'm excited. I'm absolutely excited. It is on Netflix, another one on Netflix. That's not why I picked it, I just noticed. Okay. (laughs) It is because of the direct parallels between Daniel Day-Lewis and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Um, I've actually never seen them. You've so, never seen this movie? No. Um, I've, only, I've, only, I've seen clips of it. I mean, we've ta- I, we actually talked about it in film classes, but I've never actually seen it all the way through. You spoke directly about the score of this movie, so I, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Um, I think that There Will Be Blood has a, a be- beautiful one. Awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, like I it's weird. I've seen clips of it. I I can like piece together what happens through it, but I've never actually sat down and watched the entire thing. It, um, it's it's one of my favorites. It, I I love it. Daniel Day-Lewis is a very committed individual. I'll give him Yeah, that. I mean, I'll give, I'll always give him that. He's yeah. fantastic. Um Awesome. Does. Awesome. Well, that was your episode of Ruining Movies. Um, I forgot to say in the beginning, uh, my name is Zach. My co-host I'm is Shane. That's me. If you really wanted to know our names, you guys now know that. Um, let's do some plugs, and then 
Uh, after, for anyone who is in chat who wants to play Valorant with us, we're going to be playing Valorant for about an hour or two. Um, so, yeah, we do that after every podcast, which we film live, 6 p.m. Eastern, every Tuesday. And then we do community games with people after. So if that if you're listening to this in the future and that sounds like something you want to do, come check it out live. <clears throat> plug. Plug me. Yeah. If you're not here already, uh, you should be there sometime. They're at uh, twitch.tv slash bringtheshame. Come hang out, have fun. I play video games. It's fucking sweet. Uh, join us in the Discord down below. That's where we do all our chatting and talking and hanging out and stuff. I'm also on another mm-hmm. podcast, but Zach's about to tell you about that with one of his 19 plugs. Yeah, okay, absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> obviously, if you're not here before, uh, if you are not here right now, um, you can catch me at twitch.tv slash farmgoat. Um, Shane and I do dummies play on Mondays where we play co-op games together. Um, and it's usually a blast. We're not the greatest at video games. So it's usually just a lot of fun. Um, to, you know, yeah. Uh, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. You're listening to the podcast that we record then, uh, Ruining Movies. So if you enjoyed this, um, yeah, come back next week. Um, to go on to the, our other podcast, Survival Check, if you play Dungeons & Dragons, specifically Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, actually, it doesn't even have to be 5th Edition, um, we are currently going through, from A to Z, uh, Air Kokra, Two Zombies, um, all the monsters in the Monster Manual, we do a brief history of them, I do research for the show, talk about um, how they have evolved all the way throughout their history in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, talk about their real world origins, and then we talk about how we would use them in our own games. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, you can find all those episodes on Spotify at Survival Check. So go check those out. Those are always a lot of fun. Um, kind of to plug more ruining movies things. Um, we now have social media specific for ruining movies. So go check out our Twitter. Uh, our Twitter is actually movie ruining <laughs> because oh, nice. someone had ruining movies as their twitter oh, handle they probably just post spoilers like all day long yeah oh i didn't even like look into it but yeah um so uh if you type in it we're at movies ruining on uh twitter go check that out um i've been uh reposting cool things i've been seeing about like news on about films and i've been commenting on a little bit of of them and the cinematography um you'll also be notified whenever the new episodes are released um which uh, i'm getting better at uploading them like sundays or mondays so like a couple days before we record on tuesday um we also now have a youtube page where all these are being uploaded they're no longer on my uh like separate youtube channel so you can go to ruining movies at youtube you will find all of our full-length podcast there's um i've also been cutting them up into shorts so if you just want to get quick 60 second clips of the podcast um here shane and i's thoughts on very specific things like mortal Kombat or the mcu or if sharon carter carter's a scroll um you can definitely find shorts there and listen to our thoughts there so you don't have to listen to the entire thing if you don't want to um and we also have a tiktok same thing you want to see shorts go follow us at ruining movies at tiktok um now back to my personal stuff. You can go to Farm Goat Plays uh, um, to see all. We of, are knocking them out one at a time. I have so many things, <laughs> which I have something big in the work that's going to con- like combine them all pretty much. So there won't be so many plugs. Um, but anyway, you can go to Farm Goat Plays. You can see me role play um, on different RP servers for Red Dead Redemption and uh, 
GTA, like no pixel. Um, also, I'm going to be streaming more of those, so if you are into like RP servers and stuff, come check me out. I play a couple cool characters. Um, we also, all the dummy twos, all the dummy, oh god, they're not dummy Tuesdays anymore. Dummy plays are dummy Mondays. Um, those are also uploaded to YouTube, so if you missed that broadcast, you can see a consolidated version of that um, cut up. Um, they're fun, they're humorous. I, I quite enjoy them. I know other people quite enjoy them. Um, and yeah, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in the works right now to consolidate all all of my podcasts and stuff that I host and produce into one large entity that is currently being worked on. So soon I won't have to do 10 plugs. I'll just tell you to go check out that one thing. Um, God, is there anything else I have to plug? I don't think so. Can you think of anything? Your ears as I scream my head off during Valorant. All right, that's true. Um, all right, anyway, thank you guys all for watching. Thank you guys all who followed and rated um, throughout the podcast. Honestly, we, yeah, much love. We really do appreciate you guys coming in, uh, having conversations with us. Your opinions definitely matter. And we, we like, you guys brought up uh, Toxic Adventure in Mortal Kombat. That was a, something I never even thought about. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I love the, the questions. I love the rapport. It's great. Absolutely. So in the future, if you're watching this, um, Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, come join us. This is a live podcast. We are all here. We are here to have conversations with you. That is something I want to. I'm going to be stressing more of going forward is that this podcast is not just Shane and I talking. Um, it is also an experience for the viewers, too, if you guys want to get involved. That was no the point of doing it live. Exactly. So in the future, come do that. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And until next time. Be excellent to each other. We're going to watch. What were we going to watch again? I can't remember the title. There will be blood. blood. I'm excited. Um, And we will see you all next week with more news, a new movie, and a new movie to ruin. Bye, everyone. Bye.